you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Fuma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? DJ Bucky here for Move the Sticks. A little takeaway podcast, Buck. Remote, though. First of all, great to be with you. Yeah, it was here nice. Here in Mobile, Alabama, where it is... Uh, we say butt cold on the podcast. I think we can. It is it is butt cold outside. Yeah, it's pretty chilly. It's yeah. pretty chilly. It's a little nippy outside. It's, not, it's definitely not California weather. No, but I'll tell you where it's going to be nice is in Miami, Florida. That's where the Super Bowl is going to find the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the San Francisco 49ers, who I think we've been saying for a long time now, the two best teams in the NFL, and we're going to get a chance to see that matchup. But we got to get some takeaways here from what we saw this last weekend. Hey, look, it was a fantastic championship weekend. Uh, it was everything that we thought it would be with the – the two best teams ended up in the Super Bowl, so I'm excited to see Super Bowl 54. All right, let's uh, let's do a takeaway piece here from each game. Why don't you start us off the first takeaway uh, on the Kansas City Chiefs side of things? Patrick Mahomes is a one-man show. Chiefs two touchdowns in the last two drives. Can they do it again? Time of the essence. 23 seconds left, second quarter. Three eligible left. Kelsey again split to the right. Williams shades that same way. Three-man rush again by Tennessee. Mahomes moving to his left laterally, chased, holding it, and gets out of bounds and up the sideline. He's not out of bounds yet. He's at the 10, inside the 10. He dives for the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. A remarkable acrobatic scramble on a 27-yard. 
So, DJ, here, here's the thing that we've always talked about. We've talked about franchise quarterbacks, and uh, I, we, we coined the phrase trucks and trailers. And a franchise quarterback is a guy who can carry the squad. He is a truck. He's a guy that can get it done. Patrick Mahomes really showed the football world what a franchise quarterback is. The way that he played in that game, when the Kansas City Chiefs were down and they needed playmaking, they needed someone to spark the squad, Patrick Mahomes took his game to another level. And I think the thing that's interesting is we always can talk about his off-platform throws and the fantastic arm talent, but the athleticism that he has displayed throughout the playoffs, his ability to pick up plays with his legs, he has added another dimension. I know we don't like to necessarily treat him or lump him in the dual-threat category, but what we've seen throughout the playoffs, his ability to make plays with his legs has only enhanced his ability to make these outstanding throws with his arms. Yeah, I, I saw it in Mexico City doing the Charger game, the first game against the Chiefs. There were That was a really competitive football game, but he had three third-down runs, I want to say over 20 yards apiece in that game. And when you have when you it, again it comes back to how you've built your team with so much speed. You have a quarterback with a huge arm, so you've got to respect that down the field. They don't want to get beat, so you protect down the field. And then Mahomes, it's like he can get that anytime he wants it. And to me, I thought, you know, we talk about three three factors with quarterback play that are, you know, probably above any other. We talk about accuracy, decision making, and poise. And I think sometimes people think poise is just poise in the pocket with bodies around you. Sometimes it's poise in a situation where you're down big. We saw it, you know, in the mm-hmm. last round. We're out twenty-four to nothing against the Texans maintaining your poise we're going to be fine you're the leader if your leader freaks out the whole team's going to freak out this guy is just dripping with poise buck look he's, he's dripping with the kind of poise and a lot of people won't make this parallel because a lot of people don't really remember brett Favre in his prime i firmly believe the reason andy reed was so fascinated with pat mahomes uh during the pre-draft process was because andy reed was on the green bay Packers staff when brett Favre won three straight mvps I was playing there. Andy had gone from being the tight end coach to the quarterback coach. And the one thing that Brett Favre was able to do each and every week, he gave us hope. He gave us the kind of hope that if we were ever down and win a situation, if we could just get him the ball back, he could find a way to do it. I think that hope permeates the sideline in Kansas City because they know. Number 15, if he gets the ball, he can find a way to make things happen. And I think when you have that kind of competitor and player and playmaker at quarterback, it really changes the outlook of your team. You know, it's interesting. I was talking to somebody about Mahomes the other day, and we've gone through the history of his evaluation a million times here on the show. Um, You know, just a lot of screens and scrambles, raw, raw, raw talent, tremendous upside, needed to go to the right place. It happened for him. And obviously, in hindsight, should have been the first pick in the draft when you when you look back at it. So, you know, I, you kind of own I own a miss on that one. But the interesting thing somebody brought up to me, they said, you know, you know who else loved him, Gruden. And he said, you know who else? And they named like three guys. He said, you know what they all have in common? They were all around Brett Favre. And and I think look, I wish we could do it, and maybe it's a, a longer form thing. But I wish we could pull footage from the 95, 96, 97 seasons with the Green Bay Packers, so people could really appreciate why that Brett Favre left such a mark on so many of us. Because when you look at what Pat Mahomes does in and out of the pocket, the way that he plays, the way that he's able to kind of make the coordinator right, it's uncommon. But it's what you want your franchise quarterback to do. That I can't call every perfect play, so I need you to erase some of my mistakes, and that's what Patrick Mahomes does. Absolutely. Um, All right, let me get to the other side of things here with the Tennessee Titans takeaway. Uh, Pretty simple here. Way, way, way too much three-man rush. Mahomes stays in the gun, takes the snap, looks, 
Mahomes can run this thing. He's going to try to get there. He's got his first down, and he's out of bounds at the Titans' 47-yard line. You just can't defense everything against Mahomes, can you? No, you can't. And, I mean, again, there he was. I mean, that's a death by a thousand cuts there. And, Buck, as you heard on the call there, that was, again, Patrick Mahomes scrambling. So it kind of piggybacks on your point about his athleticism. Look, the, the way to play this team, I mean, you gotta you got to put your big boy pants on. It's gonna You're going to be a little bit sweaty, a little bit nervous, but you've got to try and send some pressure at him. If you can't get home with four, you've got to designate more rushers. You let him just sit back there. He's either going to wait, and one of these speed dudes is going to un- uncover down the field, or he's going to take off and go. A rushing three, I get not wanting to give up the big play, but if that's the way you're going to play, you better have the best red zone defense in the NFL, and they couldn't stop him when they got down there either. No, I, I think he's getting to the point where you have to treat him like Peyton Manning in a certain way, where when you talk to defensive coordinators on how they used to defend Peyton Manning, you always have to change the look. Yeah. You can't give him a steady diet of any one thing because once he figures it out, he goes into attack mode. And I think that's what we saw because the Tennessee Titans were so uh, afraid of the Kansas City Chiefs' speed, and, and rightfully so. Tyreek Hill can get over top. Travis Kelsey can hurt you. Sammy Watkins can make big plays they tried to use some double team tactics well when they double teamed it took their guys their second level defenders out of the mix they couldn't mm-hmm. rush they also couldn't spy pat mahomes and he ate it up and so when you're unable to get him off of his spot off of his rhythm disrupt his rhythm with the rush or the coverage he just has too much time he makes too many big plays happen and regardless of whether he's running or just running around out of the pocket his arm is so big that even the big plays happen when he's off the script. Yeah, and this Tennessee Titans team is going to be interesting to see what they do here in the postseason. They've got decisions on the quarterback and the running back. Ideally, you franchise one, you sign the other one to an extension because I don't think, you know, while some other teams you can make a case, running backs, go find one here, go find one there. It's a unique player in Derrick Henry and how they've built this team to kind of run through him. Yeah, uh, I feel like they have – and maybe it's a transition tag. Maybe you franchise tag Tannehill, maybe you transition tag – um, you're running back there. So I, I just I think both those guys need to be there for them to continue to grow. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that is the interesting strategy. I don't know if I would necessarily tie myself to Ryan Tannehill for too long. Yeah. Uh, I understand and respect what he's been able to do the last half of the season. He de- definitely gave this team life. I don't know if I want to be burdened by a four or five Well, he's a trailer. Deal. I mean, we you know, talk about trucks and trailers. Yes. He's a trailer, but in the right scheme and right setup, you can, can win work. a lot of football games. My, yes. my thing with them in this football game, the Chiefs have more ways to beat you. And for, for the Titans, it is one way. There's one there's one road to success for them, and that is through Derrick Henry. And, and look, and it, the way that that game played out, and I think that's what you have to do when you're Mike Vrabel and you're John Robinson, you're looking at, okay, where can we go from here? We've been able to win a lot of games against big teams playing one way. However, it is always better when you have options. And the Gotta have another pitch. The two teams that are left standing, they have multiple pitches in the arsenal. So I understand one to be Mariano Rivera and just, hey, we're going to throw the cutter at you, but you would like to have enough weapons on offense to be able to attack a few different ways. No doubt. All right, let's uh, let's get over to the NFC in a game that was uh, – well, it simply was, it was almost over before it started. It was just a dominant, dominant performance by the 49ers. And my first takeaway on this one on the 49ers side of things – uh, from a run game standpoint, you won't see anything better than that. Kittle and Bourne are tight left just outside of Staley. Garoppolo got a handoff to Mostert, a cutback run. 10, 5, touchdown! San Francisco Raheem Mostert has the hat trick in the first half of the NFC Championship game. So it deserves a hat trick. It feels great, baby. Mostert, Roddy. That's 
And Buck, this was a this was a combination of being really good up front along mm-hmm. the offensive line, tight ends and fullbacks who were outstanding in the run game. Backs, especially Mostert, just with some juice. You know, we talk about, I don't think you need to run the ball a million times a game, but you want to have some explosive runs. Mm-hmm. They were doing both. They were running a million times and getting a ton of explosive plays, and then you add on top of it the most important factor. Um, and, you know, Kyle Shanahan's going to get all the credit here. I think there's a bunch of people involved with him in terms of coming up with this scheme and game plan. And it, I don't know I've ever seen a more masterful scheme than what we saw in this game. No, I, I, I don't know if I've ever seen uh, a team that really puts their creativity in the run game, like San Francisco. We can talk about Baltimore, and Baltimore is very, very creative. But what the San Francisco 49ers are doing, especially to, um, I guess, the football world or people that really dig into it, so creative. You see a team go from zone-based schemes where everyone's running on tracks inside and outside zone to gap schemes where they're pulling guards and trapping and kicking out defenders to uh, some of the end-arounds and the reverses. The creativity that they use in the run game makes them fun, even though they're an old-school smash-mouth team. And I think the guy who gets a lot of credit is Mike McDaniel. Yeah, does who, a good job. Yeah, who does a great job of helping and coordinating the run game. And he was a guy that, look, th- this group was all together. Like Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, they worked under Mike Patton. And I felt like they had some of the answers to the test. And I think it it kind of showed up. Anytime you're able to run for 280 Ooh. or so yards, like you just don't see that in National Football League. And so it's a credit to that. I also think uh, there are going to be a lot of people that kind of take – what the 49ers were able to do with a handful of backs that were either undrafted or picked up off the scrap heap and think that you can find running backs anywhere. Yes, you can find running backs anywhere if you have a talented offensive line and if you have a great play designer that enables those guys to elevate their game. If you don't have that, then you need to have a talented runner that can elevate the players in front of him or the scheme. And so what general managers and, and folks have to do is they have to be able to scout the coaches and know exactly what they have and how to fill those things in. And I think in San Francisco, you have the perfect storm and marriage between scheme, play caller, and running back, That running backs that run a certain style that fits the scheme. And think about that going all the way back to Kyle Shanahan's dad. Think about yeah. Mike Shanahan. Think about the trade. Remember Clinton Portis yeah. for Champ Bailey? Yeah. Because in that system, in the Shanahan system, that does work. It's an elite, elite, elite system where they're able to take guys, one-cut runners, decisive runners. There's a, a particular style that fits well in that scheme. So you could have a guy. And Clinton Portis was a special, special player. Yes. We'll get a, get a big-time corner in here because we can find other backs. Yeah, and that's the thing. And now the, the difference was, like, when you talk about Clinton Portis and other guys, that special runner can put you in that 15, 17, or like a TD, 2,000-yard category, no whereas an average runner may get you 1,000 to 1,100. It's a difference, though. There's a difference in doing it. But, look, it can be effective. And then, because a lot will be made about Jimmy Garoppolo only having eight attempts, I think the beauty of having uh, a franchise quarterback or a quarterback that you love as a QB1 is I like to have him but I don't necessarily need him to be at his best every game. So he's a luxury item for the San Francisco 49ers because when the run game is going, they don't necessarily need to just call passes just to call passes. And so I think it's the perfect way to build a team. They're dominant up front on both sides of the ball. But, man, their offense is really, really fun to watch when you think about all the hybrid pieces that they have in Uchek and uh, George Kittle. You know, think about this thought real quick with Shanahan because I was thinking about this. Um, he's going to go up against Andy Reid, and we'll talk about that matchup here in a minute. But um, think about Andy Reid having 
good quarterbacks. And I'd say McNabb was a really good quarterback. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, but look at the success he had with the good quarterbacks throughout his entire career. You go Alex Smith uh, there in yeah. Kansas City. Good quarterbacks. And Andy Reid lauded as one of the best play callers, offensive genius, scoring a lot of points. And then all of a sudden you drop an elite quarterback with Patrick Mahomes and look at what they've been able to do in Kansas City. The scary thing is as young as Kyle Shanahan is, at some point in time, Buck, he's going to have somebody a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. And as good as this looks right now at the 49ers, wait till he gets an elite-level quarterback in that system. I mean, I mean, and that's the thing, and that's when you really see the game going. That's when you begin to have a level of dominance. Yep. So we think about what the New England Patriots have been able to do. It's not a coincidence that they've had an elite quarterback play with them in the same system, get, get better, and he understands how to do it. And so, yes, you're right. When the San Francisco 49ers get an elite playmaker at that position to go with the running game, or even imagine San Francisco 49ers getting an elite running back, like a dominant running back that that fits their style, what they can do. So all things are trending up, obviously, for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, well, we've got a couple Packer fans in the room here that might want to plug their ears. Uh, What's your takeaway for the Packers, Buck? The Packers are not ready for the big time. Jones went on back, second down and five, San Francisco 25. Niners showing a blitz, and here's the inside. Sure, fumble on the fumble on the snap was fumbled, and now the Niners have it. Oh, you got it. Rodgers pulled back from center. I don't know what happened then. The ball came loose, and the Niners recover it at the Green Bay twenty at the uh, San Francisco twenty-six. DeForest Buckner comes up with it. So we said it all year. The Green Bay Packers team was one that was interesting to watch. This is a team that, uh, I mean, look, you win thirteen wins during the regular season. Uh, you win the first playoff game. But they still felt like there was something missing when you compare them to some of the other teams that were in the tournament. And I think what we saw against San Francisco 49ers, all of their flaws, all of their warts were exposed. This was a team that had trouble stopping a run when teams committed to running at them. And offensively, they didn't have many explosive weapons outside of Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Well, when you play in these championship-level games, you have to have more weapons because you got to have more punches. you got to be able to really throw some haymakers. And what I saw was a team that didn't have a lot on offense when it came to punches. Aaron Rodgers didn't have many places to go to. He, yeah. couldn't, he couldn't find a playmaker that could really take over the game outside of Devontae Adams, and that showed up. And then defensively, the way that they were absolutely dominated at the point of attack, I think is one – it's an area of concern because they have to figure out a way to be able to deal with these teams that run at them because everyone is going to run at them given the success that some teams have had. I thought it was interesting. Last week we went through the kind of the championship foundation pieces and we thought it looked a little bit lopsided when we looked at that, right, with the Uh, 49ers and the Packers, and that's really kind of what showed out there. Um, They need a third guy. You've got the running back. um, You've got the receiver, Devontae Adams. They need a third and fourth option. They need more firepower, to use the word that you just used there, Buck. They have a good offensive line. It's not an, it's not at the level of the 49ers, but a good group. Um, I think finding them finding a tight end that could help in the run game uh, a little bit more than somebody like Jimmy Graham, who's not going to have any impact there. Mercedes Lewis, he's not they're a older. two-way guy. He's yeah, they're, older. They're he's older. a solid run blocker, but they don't have a two-way tight end. So getting a tight end that can do a little bit of everything, getting another explosive playmaker on the outside, then you go to the defensive side of the ball, the second level of the defense, you just get more athletic. They're just not athletic enough. No, they're not athletic enough. And I think you made this point, and and we talked about I can't remember if we made it on the podcast or privately. Speed shows up. Yeah. The speed that we've seen both winners. Kansas City Chiefs, they're one of the fastest teams that we've seen Mm -hmm. in the league, particularly on offense. Uh, you look at the San Francisco 49ers, the way that the speed shows up for them. Kittle, up front. Debo, and then their Kittle, defensive yeah, front, the linebackers can fast, fly. athletic. Yeah. And so 
the the model that you have to have, like, yeah, when we talk about traits, like traits matter. You have to have a fast team. And we talked about it. And I think you talked about it uh, in terms of building a team. Like, we've heard all these guys come on our thing and talk about urgent athletes or explosive players. You have to accumulate enough explosive players to be able to create uh, big plays. They also create turnovers because the speed and the athleticism allows you to get your hands on the ball. And so I think the Green Bay Packers need to continue to stockpile explosive players, explosive playmakers. Yeah, physical up front, fast everywhere else. <laughs> that's kind of the formula, I mean, that's, man. That's what it is. You've got to be a fast team if you want to be able to con- compete against the big boys. All right, let's get to this uh, Super Bowl matchup here. A little quick early look at it. And, uh, and one of the points uh, we're keeping an eye on. I'll start here my first one, and that is – I think the 49ers' defense is uniquely equipped to play against this Kansas City Chiefs offense. And the reason I say that, Buck, is is because when you look at this defense, they can rush four. You know, we saw we talked about the Titans only rushing three, couldn't get home, bad strategy. Well, you look at, at the San Francisco 49ers, they can rush four, they can get home. Against everybody they play, they find a way to get home with four, which designates more bodies to the back end where you can put more attention on Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, try and take those guys away. And then you talk about being able to rush four, then you look at that second level – Look at the speed they have at linebacker, where Mahomes wants to take off and go. Guys like Fred Warner, uh, Quan Alexander, they can suck him up in a hurry. Yeah, I mean, this this is a team that is, is definitely built to play the Kansas City Chiefs. When we just look at their defense, you talk about being able to throw out five and six D linemen that can get after it. And it's very important because the rotation that they have, because they don't tire out. They can just kind of relentlessly come after Pat Mahomes. That is going to be critical. Second-level defenders. Um, Juan Alexander, Greenberry. Then you talk about Fred Warner. All of those guys can yep. run. They can cover. They uh, specialize in making these big hits. And then in the secondary, they have a secondary that's not as fast, but they're very, very smart. And in this scheme, they really understand where they fit. It is rare to see them give up big plays. And if you think about keeping the ball in front and being able to hunt with those hunters up front, it gives them a very, very good opportunity. Yeah, the one thing I would be nervous about is if you just look at uh, the game against the New Orleans Saints, a game that they won, that the 49ers won on the road, perfect conditions, right, indoors in the dome, and the mm-hmm. 49ers uh, gave up a bunch of yards, a bunch of points in that game. Now, they're healthier now than they were at that point in time, and they're going to get even more healthy having some rest here before the Super Bowl. But I guarantee you that is a, a tape that Andy Reid is studying very closely. Yeah, you got to go right to that game. You have to go right to the game because you want to see – why were they so vulnerable? And there were a couple of games where they gave up some points and you saw some things that come up. And, you know, the, the thing about the Chiefs, um, I wonder how much of that can be duplicated. Some of the stuff from New Orleans definitely can because New Orleans is still more of a pass-heavy team. Yeah. But it will be interesting to see how they approach uh, this game because defensively, I don't know if they can slow down the 49ers' run game. Mm-hmm. Uh the run game that the 49ers present is problematic because they can crease you with the zone game. They also have the ability to use the gap schemes where they're pulling guards and tackles and all that stuff. So Kansas City Chiefs defense has to stand up. And they play well against Derrick Henry, but this is a different style run game that they have to defend. That kind of leads right into your point here on the Kansas City side of things, the key there. The Chiefs must win on offense. And so we, we made a comparison about the Kansas City Chiefs being like the Golden State Warriors. And the reason why I, I kind of want to make that parallel is because – they can play so good on offense that it really makes their defense a non-factor. They can put pressure on you by being able to score points quickly and in a hurry, and they can throw you out of your game, get you out of your style. We saw they were down 17-7, a couple of big plays, they're right back in it, and before you know it, the game completely flips mm-hmm. in their direction. I think in this game, one of the things that I would look for, and they haven't used it a lot, I would look for them to play with more pace and more tempo. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they go no huddle, hurry up, 
But I think they should play fast to see if they can tire out that defensive front. What we've been able to see for the 49ers, they've been able to rotate guys yeah. and keep them fresh. No one has necessarily kept them in the ring and made them go the full five-minute round. I would like to see Kansas City and Andy Reid push the pace, push the tempo a little bit, see if they can wear them out. So later in the game, when that pass rush peters out, then you see Pat Mahomes really begin to explode. Well, I think that is the target for Andy Reid is, is trying to figure out what do I do with this front. And I think you mentioned the pace can do it. Andy Reid's a master of the screen. So you're mm-hmm. going to get screen those guys a little bit, cause a little hesitation in their rush. And I think you also see them move the pocket with Mahomes a little bit. So make those guys run. Make those guys run. And then the run game, get that run game going to the perimeter. Make these, tire these dudes out. Yeah, and that'll be the thing because he hasn't been uh, a guy that's been committed to the run. He doesn't have to, um, we're not saying that he has to run it 25 to 30 times. He has to run it a enough to just make them respect it so Pat Mahomes can continue to do his deal. But you're right. Sideline to sideline. Uh, we've seen them use the screen game. We've seen them use a lot of those college concepts. In college, they talk about making guys run laterally, run from numbers to numbers. Gas them out. Early in the game, I want to stress, I want to put so much stress on them that we can tire them out and then put the ball in Pat Mahomes' hands in the second half and see if he can take advantage of them. Oh, no doubt. A lot of other angles we'll get to with the Super Bowl here. Plenty of time to discuss it. Man, some great matchups, too. How about, you know, in the run game, George Kittle, Frank Clark. I mean, there's a ton mm. of great, intriguing matchups to keep an eye on. Uh, but before the Super, there's the senior. We've got the Senior Bowl down here in Mobile, Alabama, Buck. And if you're looking forward to uh, one thing this week, other than a lot of fried food, what is it? Man, I'm looking forward to the pass catchers. And the reason I'm looking forward to the pass catchers is just coming off the heels of the NFC Championship game and looking at the contribution that Debo Samuel was able to make. I think more guys now are confident that some of the stuff that we see on the practice field will carry over to how people perform in games. And mm-hmm. so we talk about the class, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., Van Jefferson, Devin DuVernay. Um, Ayuk from Arizona State's Ayuk, one like, of my favorites. Yeah, like it, there are some physical playmakers that are in this game that should be able to make immediate contributions. I want to see if they're able to dominate on the practice field this week and then see if we can project how those guys may play as pros. It's been it's been a really valuable evaluating tool because wide receivers haven't been exposed to a lot of routes mm-hmm. um, that they're going to get a chance to run this week. Debo Samuel, perfect example. Somebody that didn't do a lot of that at South Carolina showed during this week of practice, he was uncoverable. Yeah. I remember him and Rocky Sin, great matchup, Back great battles forth. last year. Uh, offensive linemen, some of these guys – um, in terms of you know vertical sets, they've been doing things differently than they're going to be asked to do this week. It's just pro-style coaching. Um, it's a great, great evaluation tool. Small school players, um, a guy like Kyle Duggar from, uh, from Lenore Ryan, get a chance to see yes. him go up against you know, bigger school players. So uh, those opportunities are huge. Yeah, they terrific opportunities for those guys. It's funny that you bring up Kyle Duggar because this is an opportunity for small school guys to really stand out. We can talk about the other We're games. We're going to visit with him, by the way. I'm looking yeah, forward to that. Yeah, we can talk about the NFLPA game and the East-West Shrine game, but there's something about the Senior Bowl where you get an opportunity to see some of the, the top talent descend on Mobile, Alabama, and compete against one another. If you're a small school standout who can hold your own in this game, it gives you an opportunity to not only get drafted high, but to potentially play well in the National Football League. Uh, we saw that. Who was it? Ali Marpet? Yeah. who came down yeah, here absolutely. and had success. So, look, we've seen a number of small school standouts have success, and it was kind of the launching pad of their NFL careers. We'll see if we can find some of those guys show out here. 
All right, last thing, and uh, then we'll wrap this thing up. Did you bring an extra beanie? Because I didn't bring one. I'm going to freeze no, my I, butt I, off. I didn't. I, I checked Gosh. the weather, but, you know, I may be seduced because sometimes the California weather, California 60 may be a little different than a little Alabama 60. Yeah, I think we're going to see some 40s there, dude. Yeah. 40s, so. 40s are, are there. Those are beanie. That's beanie weather for yours, truly. <laughs> um, all right. Well, that's, this has been fun to uh, to look back at these championship games, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, but right in front of us, uh, the Reese's Senior Bowl. We're going to be doing a lot of interviews down here uh, with players. It's going to get a chance to, for you guys to listen to that and see that shortly, as well as some stuff we're going to sock away for our 360 series uh, that we do each and every year. So I know you guys look forward to that. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for, for listening. Remember, you can check out the podcast, download it, Apple Podcasts. Uh, your favorite podcast app and all the videos youtube.com slash nfl podcast uh you can also find us on nfl.com slash mts video he's bucky brooks i'm daniel jeremiah we'll see you next time thanks for downloading move the sticks with daniel jeremiah and bucky brooks For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Spentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.